Well, good morning, everyone. We are back, and actually, we missed Friday. And Jed, Jimmy, and I are back from Africa. We spent a whole week over in Nairobi. We actually had no connections to the NFL, so we just sat there listening to it online on radio the entire time. So, Jim, Jed, good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, yeah, welcome back. We're excited to hear about the trip too. So, um, welcome. Thanks. Back. It's sometimes sad to miss week one when you're away, but I realize even when you're trying to watch it on YouTube TV, because you're international, they won't let you watch the games there. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Hey, with that said, there was it was just a great week one. There was a lot of surprises. There were a lot of upcoming stories. As usual, player emerged that we never – it was not on anyone's draft radar. So let's go through that and talk – actually, I want to start off talking about notable injuries. Jed, I'm going to start with you. Jerry Judy was carted off the field with a high ankle sprain, and it looks like he is actually going to be out for about eight weeks. Thoughts on Jerry Judy and also potential replacements in Ken Hamler as well as Tim Patrick and the Cortland Sutton. Yeah, so Cortland Sutton has been coming back from injury as well. So that was a big one. I have Jerry Judy. Um, but, yeah, I think you look to Sutton. Tim Sutton, if you guys remember, had a um, couple great games last year. So I think he's good. Um, but, you know, also as, as uh, Jimmy's going to get to with waiver wire pickups, I think there are some other options at the wide receiver position you can look to as well. But high ankle sprains are really difficult because even if he comes back after eight weeks, it, they're usually a little bit tentative. So for me, this is um, – Probably, I, I might not even stash him on my IR. I might actually just drop him. Uh, Jed, just so you know, they, he it looks like, from what they said, he has a similar high ankle sprain as what Michael Thomas did. And look what happened to Michael Thomas last year. Yeah, exactly. That Those high ankle sprains, I don't see those as, you know, being able to return fairly quickly. Something that lingers with you. And so I'm, I'm definitely concerned. Do you, are you high on Cortland Sutton at all? Do you think that he can regain the form from a couple of years ago? That's the key is I was before, but he hasn't looked the same. So I also, again, coming back from injury, I feel like he's not, you know, I don't, do you guys know what injury he had? It was an ACL. I don't know about check. Yeah. So, so that's the thing. ACL. Like yeah. See, so when you tear, I've, I've done the same thing. And so it takes a little bit to mentally be confident. And so I feel like he's not there yet, but, I, but once he gets there, he, you know, he could be a, a buy low candidate right now because um, the, the, the um, attempts are going to be there. And so it could be someone you can get quickly now. Jim going to the Washington football team is a team that I love that we love Ryan Fitzpatrick I picked up Terry McLaren in a lot of my leagues I picked up Antonio mm -hmm. Gibson in a lot of my leagues Logan it looks Thomas. like Ryan, Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick believes he did not completely dislocate his hip like Tua did in college but he has a similar mm -hmm. injury which will probably keep him out at least eight weeks or longer. Thoughts on that, as well as prognosis on all, how it affects the other players. Well, I, I think one of the things we were talking about right before we jumped on the, um, this this taping is the Washington Redskins injury to Brian Fitzpatrick maybe had the most effect from a fantasy standpoint on most of the team. Because you're right, like Antonio Gibson was supposed to have a breakout year. Um, Terry McLaren was supposed to have a breakout year. Logan Thomas was supposed to have a breakout year. And that entire offense in terms of speed and the people that they have is really built around Ryan Fitzpatrick. And so now that you've lost him for eight weeks, I feel like it's going to take at least a few weeks at a minimum for them to get adjusted, right? So I do think that you're still going to see decent production coming from Antonio Gibson. There's a part of me that's a little worried about what's going to happen to the receivers and tight end, tight end, because whereas whereas 
Fitzpatrick goes down down downfield and throws some of these long bombs and is able to throw um, some good balls to these receivers. Heineke's not the same. You know, you're going to see more short, middle, down on the middle passes. And from a fantasy standpoint, I feel like if you were to redraft now, you might re-look at a person like Terry McLaren going further down the draft board. Yeah, we'll see. I agree. I think that was the biggest storyline this weekend is uh, the Washington team players. And, you know, I, I don't know, though. I would just say um, this this uh, Heineke guy, you never know. You know, he's a second year, I believe. Um, a crazy story. My oldest son, like, loves his story. Um, and if you remember last year, he almost beat Tampa Bay. The Washington with Heineke mm -hmm, as a mm -hmm, replacement, mm -hmm. they were the team that came the closest to beating Tampa Bay. So you just never know. Um, I agree. It's a little bit tentative. I have Logan Thomas on a couple teams, but I'm going to write it out because um, it could be if, you, if you're willing to bet or if you need to make a big swing, again, these could be buy low candidates, but I do think there's a risk because uh, all the Washington players yeah. go down. Are you hoping that they'll send Cam Newton here, Chad? I'm not. I was just saying, um, I actually think this will be, I think they won't sign Cam Newton and that will be the flag to the rest of the league that Cam Newton is done, which is amazing to me because he's only 34 years old. Um, but I personally don't think they will, uh, but we'll see. Well, I'm reading the news yesterday. Ron Rivera, the coach of the Washington football team, he did come out yesterday and says they are not looking to sign another quarterback. Yeah. Because actually, if Heineke doesn't do well, Kyle Allen actually is pretty well as well, too. And he's been mm -hmm. part of Ron Rivera's system for a long, long time. Uh, yeah. Jim, Raheem Mostert, look, we I, I personally like Raheem Mostert. I was trying to trade him, but he gets injured all the time. But surprisingly, and we're going to talk about this in your waiver column, uh, your five pickups that we're going to talk about, Elijah Mitchell was the one who actually started. He was the sixth-round draft pick. He was the third back, fourth back, whatever it was. And then Trey Sermon was a healthy scratch inactive. Thoughts on Raheem Mostert as well as Elijah Mitchell, which I know you're going to talk about as well as Trey Sermon. Well, Jed, we're sitting at the airport in Kenya. And Tommy says, I'm going to play Raheem Mostert over Austin Eckler. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I don't know about that. I, I mean, like, Raheem Mostert is good, but you can't replace Austin Eckler for him. And my thing is, Mostert always gets injured. You, you, there's not been a year in the last few years where he's finished the entire season. Yeah, I feel so bad. You know, Mostert is such a talent. and But, but boy, what a story. This Elijah Williams guy out of nowhere. Everyone scrambled to the waiver wire. The funny thing is there's a couple other E. Williams. So I saw some teams pick up the wrong E. Williams. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, But what a great story. And, again, I'm such a fan of the 49ers backfield. Whoever is coming out of there is going to get production. I've got Trey Sermon on a couple teams. I was really surprised to see he didn't get to play. I still think he's going to end up – over even Elijah Williams, but I think Elijah is going to get you four, five, maybe six games before uh, Trey Sermon takes over. Now, Jed, I would probably say that you look at numbers, right? And I'm looking at it. Eckler is injured with a hamstring. They're playing a Washington football team. They have a great, great defensive line, linebackers, everything like that. You look at San Francisco, Raheem Mostert is playing Detroit Lions. You're purely looking at the numbers. And so you make an educated guess right there. It just didn't work. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I will do, don't discount that decision because um, Mostert, I think, you know, had he not been injured, he would have had all that production that Williams got. So I don't think mm -hmm. that was a bad call. But again, um, I will mention one thing, um, uh, J Jimmy, we talked about, I just want to say this, don't make 
don't get too wrapped up in all the stuff that happened this week. The first two weeks of the season are always a screwed up part of the season because they're still figuring things out, especially after COVID. They just haven't had enough time to really get into seeing the patterns and the trends that you can bank on in fantasy. So, you know, take it a little easy. Take a breather. If you got killed this weekend, if you had Aaron Rodgers and your team got destroyed, don't worry. Like, just kind of mm-hmm. sit and see what happens. Yeah, well, I would say this, and then we'll turn over to Jimmy's uh, Jimmy's five wire pickups as well too. Jed, I was I'm playing against these guys from Japan. Many of them don't know anything about fantasy football, right? <laughs> and so I miss my draft because of the change in time zones, and I am dead last in this group, and it is embarrassing. <laughs> hey, you because- know what? One of one of my favorite fantasy stories is um, I drafted was predicted by the draftings to be last. Um, and so I started the season and was in 10th and started slow, but made it all the way back <laughs> to win the championship. So that that's actually, I think, one of the most rewarding things yeah. that you can pull that off. Well, last hey, year, last year. Oh, no, last year I would say this. I was eight and eight and Jimmy knows this is. And you, you have a ch- I won the championship. You have an opportunity to do all that. Okay, let me ask you guys something, right? A lot, a lot. Eli Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell is right out there, and like you said, everyone's scrambling to pick him up, right? And so here's if you have like let's say um, I don't know, a Ryan Tannehill as quarterback or or somebody mid level, if if it was you, would you spend your first wi- waiver wire pickup on an Elijah Mitchell or a Jameson Winston from the Saints? Oh, for me, running back all day long. Oh, yeah. yeah running yeah, back yeah. all day long. I actually am debating. So in our league, the league that the three of us are in together, we have a short sure. bench. We only have four bench spots. I'm currently holding one bench spot for my backup quarterback. I've mm-hmm. been debating if I should drop him. But yeah. it's Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow, I feel like, could hit. I, you know, I like Joe Burrow. He looked good. He did. He did. He yeah, did. Yeah. I was really – that was a, yeah. an interesting surprise in that game. If we're going to go game by game, I was really – pleased to see his play because if he mm-hmm. had have been following preseason you might have thought he was still hurt and he was still tentative but man he came out gangbusters and then so did jamar chase yeah yeah, yeah. no i agree hey, with you i have waiver wire pickup number one all right and i ryan Tannehill as my quarterback i'm picking up elijah mitchell because you still have trey sermon you still have justin fields you still have all of those guys coming down coming up the pipeline here mm-hmm. So you're picking up Elijah Mitchell. That means I need to change my my waiver wire because I'm not getting him. Jim, let's go to your five wire pickups that you recommend for this week. All right. So here's my five waiver wire pickups, right? Tyson Williams. We talked about him. He's been somebody who I was picking up across the board. So early on, I saw that he was having a really good preseason. So on some of my 12-team leagues, I was like, you know, he's a good pickup. Then it worked to my favor because Justice Hill got injured, Gus Edwards got injured, and all of a sudden now he's the number one running back for the Baltimore Ravens. So a lot uh, yesterday, uh, Monday Night Football, he rushed nine times for 65 yards. He caught three balls for 29 yards and watched one touchdown. So he had a great first half. My only concern is if you watch the second half, Murray started taking a bulk of the carries. Yep. And so I don't know if that's indicative of what's going on. Like you said, Jed, everyone's still trying to figure this stuff out. Um, I am concerned, right? Um, I wasn't concerned when they signed Le'Veon Bell or Freeman. I am concerned because Murray's a pretty good backup. And my concern is that Tyson Williams will not be the true number one. I think he'll be the starter, but he might lose a lot of carries and catches to Murray. 
that's exactly what's going to happen. I mean, they were already kind of a committee running back by committee team, and this is just going to further that. And so, unfortunately, it's going to split, you know, some of the carries between um, Murray and uh, Williams. But of the two, I think Williams is definitely the one mm-hmm. to own. He had much more explosion. He had much more. I mean, Murray, if you saw, he got stopped behind the line several times. And so part of that is that Murray needs to get back into acclimated, you know, to the team and things. But yeah. I would expect Williams to be the one to yeah. own. Yeah, I think Williams will be this year's James Robinson. Uh, he might wow. not have a really good of a year at Robinson because Robinson finished off so well. But you know what? He, this guy came out of nowhere. He was undrafted. I remember when they picked him up and um, off the wire uh, when 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 they signed him the, the Ravens, right? And when he became the starter, ESPN when they were uh, talking about him, they were like, "We have no clue who he is because he's popped around so much. There's no real footage of him as as a player." <clears throat> okay, so we yeah. talked about uh, Elijah Mitchell, uh, nine, uh, 19 rushes for 104 yards, one touchdown. My only concern, and again, we talked about this, um, I do know that whoever plays as a starter will do well. You've got Trey Sermon lurking in the background. And so for me, I, I think he's a good waiver wire pickup. You just have to be ready that a guy like Trey Sermon may end up becoming last year's Cam Akers, right? So they had uh, a running back committee for the first couple um, games for the first half, and then towards the second half, they just kept feeding it to Cam Akers. So I think that's what you're going to see with Trey Sermon. But the only thing, according to Adam Schefter, Trey Sermon did not do enough compared to Elijah Mitchell, who did so well during the preseason game and all that. He ascended past Trey Sermon on the death chart, and that's why he was a healthy scratch from the game. Yeah. Weren't you, okay, weren't you guys surprised when I was walking and we were walking in the airport in the airport security, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, Trey Sermon's out. And so I thought he was actually injured, but to see that he's a healthy scratch, uh, that's, that's really telling for them to scratch him on the first game. But, again, you never know these things. Yeah. Well, um, your third one. Number three, James Winston. Um, I think a lot of people are going to go after him, especially if you have um, a Ryan Tannehill as quarterback, right? Um, and and you, he's still out there. Five, five touchdowns, 14 to 20 uh, yards, uh, 14 to 20 with 148 yards, zero interceptions. And I actually think he'll end up doing pretty well in this Saints system. I've been pleased by how many potential fantasy folks are coming out of the Saints. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. I would agree Before with you, you on. Go ahead. Before you do, let me ask you guys a question. Let's go. Let's say Ryan Tanhill. Totally understand. Jed, Jim, if you yeah. had Kyler Murray like I would, would you oh. uh, trade Kyler Murray in, or and pick up Jameis Winston? No, no, no. no. You wouldn't do it. Not, not Kyler. Dude, no. Kyler Murray is. He, you see how he good that guy touchdowns. was. Yeah, he was a stud. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. think you could trade him for, let's say, another player and and get to someone like that. Well, if you're ready to trade, trade him to me. I'll, I'll, I'll take yeah. him because uh, I think Murray is. I think you yeah. could ride Murray to a championship. Yeah. This guy's looking great. I mean, look. I mean, like you said, right? Like Josh Allen was the number two quarterback drafted, and he did not do anywhere near what Kyler Murray did. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm glad I picked him up, but I would not trade him. Well, it's the first. You know, again, it's the first week. Wow. 
let's you know let's just see how things pan out um kyler murray had a great game i think he's gonna have a great season but you know i, I don't think you can expect five touchdowns every sunday Jameis winston though i'll say i totally agree i think he has a chance to crack into the top 10 on the quarterback side the big thing is zero interceptions that mm -hmm. was really impressive and if you watched him there were a couple times he would have normally chucked it in there on the scramble and he didn't he threw it away i think that's a very good sign i think what's surprising to me is the the who was catching the passes i thought callaway would be much more involved he was not it was to this uh, tight end we were talking about and so that i think was the big surprise but i think the saints offense is in good shape so if you got saints players i think you should be happy mm -hmm. yeah. yeah okay so i got three no go ahead Oh, go ahead. No, I seriously was thinking about trading uh, Kyler Murray for someone like A.J. Brown. I, I, I was thinking about making that trade. Uh, Jed, we know who to trade for now. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. No, I don't think – I mean, if you to me, if you were going to trade for like a maybe a top 10 running back, that might be something I would do. But, man, Murray had like – in our league, I think he had like, what, 40 points alone? 40 points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I got two more. So Kenyon Drake – is actually somebody who I've been watching on the wire, wire and still available out there. Uh, he had six six carries for 11 yards, but he caught 11 balls for 59 yards as well too. Now the only concern here is Jacobs, when they were at the goal line, they fed it to him and he had two touchdowns as well too. But he only rushed for like 30-something yards as well too. So I actually think they're going to include Ken Kenyon Drake into this offense. Yeah, and then, I think this is a factor of Derek Carr. If you watch Derek Carr, man, this guy – it's amazing. He has poor accuracy. He missed so many players throughout the game, but his calling card is the last two minutes, he mm -hmm. suddenly becomes like Mr. Wonderful and he can't miss. But yeah. I think because of that, you're going to see um, exactly what you said. I think um, there's going to be a lot of drop downs. And so there'll be a lot of passes to be caught there for Kenyon Drake. Darren Waller saved that guy. I mean, that guy, he was great last night. No, no, oh, Waller was Edward saved that guy. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, well, but, but Waller is such a stud. Like, you realize they were double teaming him throughout the game, and he still got over 100 in his touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, that's unbelievable. Okay, I know this is number two. This is week, week one, right? But don't you, aren't you reconsidering now the value of your tight end, right? If you got a Waller and a Kelsey this week, I didn't see what Kittles did, right? But if you had a Waller and Kelsey on your team, you you had some good production coming from the tight end. Well, um, like, like we've said all preseason, this is the first year you could start two tight ends in your lineup and people won't laugh you out of the house. Mm -hmm. You could put that tight end in that flex spot, and that's not necessarily a bad play. Yeah, yeah. And then, like Tommy said, Brian Edwards. I see four for five. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Henry Ruggs did pretty good. Waller did pretty good. But for 81 yards um, yesterday – I actually think that he might be a pretty decent player for you to pick up um, in this waiver wire. So, but um, a couple other players. I mean, we don't have time to talk about them. Jawan Johnson, who's who's slated as both a wide receiver and tight end, somebody to look at from the Saints. Rondale Moore from the Cardinals. Tim Patrick from Denver, especially now that uh, Jerry Judy is going to be out. Tony Pollard. I mean, I, I was surprised how much they used Tony Pollard in Week One. And then also Deontay Harris, the speedster out of the Saints. Uh, he caught, what, two touchdowns over 100 yards. Um, those are people for me to look out for, especially yeah. as you're looking at this week. One I'll add is uh, Christian Kirk on Arizona Cardinals. Mm -hmm. um, again, if you're picking up off of Murray's game, um, Kirk had two touchdowns. Now, he's always been kind of up and down. But, um, again, that passing game there is if, if it continues at that pace, there should be yeah. a lot of balls 
God. Go no, I disagree with you, Chad. Wait till AJ Green gets his legs under him. All right. Well, wait till he gets his legs. <laughs> no, no, that's the thing. AJ Green is it pretty much looks like he did last year, which is he looks yeah. like he's done. Yeah. 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 Were you guys surprised how much they ended up using James Conner in the Arizona offense? Conner had a decent game, you know, like I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not I would consider looking at playing him in some of these 12 team leagues that I have. Yeah. Hey, let's go through and preview all of the games as well, too, with our time that we have left. Jim, let's start with Philadelphia Eagles 32-6 against the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Look, Jalen Hurts did a great job, threw for three touchdowns. Miles Sanders had 74 yards. And Devontae Smith actually had 71 yards and one touchdown. What Thoughts on that? That's going to be, if I have one regret this year, it might be not picking up Hurts in some of these leagues because there have been a couple of times where I was like, oh, should I just look at Hurts as a backup player or should I keep him in some some of these teams where I have to keep like 13 or 14 players, right? And so um, I actually think Hurts, the Eagles, is going to do pretty well. I think Smith actually had a better, more productive day than I thought. Yeah, I was surprised at how big of a um, win this was for the Eagles. I thought the Falcons would show better. So that was a little concerning. Um you know, the Falcons offense, usually you can count on, but really it was the Falcons run game that was there. The passing game was just really non-existent. So that was a little surprising, but I would still, I mean, I like the Eagles. I still like Miles Sanders. I know he didn't have as great of a game here, but I still think the Eagles run game will be okay. I'm not still not totally sold on both Hertz, um, you know, uh, uh, or a Devonta Smith. So we'll just see again, it's one game. Let's see if they can continue the trend. Uh, but that, that was a surprising. Uh, the one person I would potentially look out at is Kenneth Gainwell, the backup running back. He rushed nine times for 37 yards. He's going to be the backup for Boston Scott, uh, taking over for Boston Scott. Right. So if anything ever happens to Sanders, I can see Gainwell actually doing a decent job from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah, on the Atlanta team, Matt Ryan, 164 yards. Mike Davis did nothing, 15 carries, 49 yards. Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts have about five, four catches, but about 50, 30 yards. So not too much as well, too. Hey, let's go over to the Jets. They lose to the Carolina Panthers, 14 to 19. In terms of Zach Wilson, he threw for two touchdowns. Uh, rushing, nothing good. It was spread out between Coleman as Ty Johnson and Michael Carter. But Corey Davis... 97 yards oh, touchdowns. I know Jed, you're a fan. Jed, I will say, when I saw that, I was like, Jed was right. Corey Davis. Wow. I, that guy. I was pimping him all preseason. Yeah. I have him on two teams, started him. The guy blew yeah. up. If you hadn't been listening to the preseason stuff, they just said he locks in on Corey mm -hmm. Davis. And remember, Davis had some nice production in his years in Tennessee. So if you if you have a chance, again, that could be a waiver wire pickup. That was a good Davis call. Was that was a great call, Jed. Yep. Carolina Panthers, Sam Darnold did okay, but it was Christian McCaffrey. He was truly the number one wonderful first-round draft pick, and he did very, very good. Did not disappoint. Mm -hmm. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson didn't do very much, but Carolina, you could ride uh, Christian McCaffrey and have no concerns with them going this year. Guys, the one player to watch out for is Terrence Marshall, right? He's, what, the third or fourth wide receiver. Um, he, was, he had the second most targets after DJ Moore. And I actually think that if you look at the rest of the season, he's actually going to be somebody who's going to make an impact. Yep. 
LA Chargers against the Washington football team. Jed, love your thoughts on that. Chargers uh, win 2016 against the Washington football team. The Chargers, Herbert did okay, threw for t- one touchdown. Eckler did okay. He was slightly injured, Keenan Allen, but it was Mike Williams, 82 yards, one touchdown. What do you think of a Mike Williams? Yeah, so this is the one thing I'll say. I first I was worried because I was like, man, what what's going on with the Chargers offense? But don't forget, this Washington defense is mm-hmm. really amazing. Yeah. And to me, this shows the maturity of a Justin Herbert to be able to pull this game out and, as you saw, win it in the fourth quarter. So this, to me, is actually a good sign. Even though you didn't get great production from your Chargers skill players, um, I'm still expecting that ascension. I've got Herbert as a starter on one team, and I agree with you. I think Williams might be the guy. So Williams was a pick, a late pickup for a lot of people as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you know that could be excellent production later. If, if you looked at it, uh, Herbert could have had a better day couple of the receivers dropped some near touchdowns. And if they got that, he would have had a great day. But I actually like you. I agree. Like, I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Going to the Washington football team, look, my entire team is built on the Washington football team. So I struggled, lost all my games because Antonio Gibson did okay. McLaren didn't do very much. Logan Thomas had three catches for 30 yards, one touchdown. I struggled this week because I depended. I'm riding so much on the Washington football team. Here's the thing. If I had a chance today to potentially trade for Gibson and you can get him maybe at a lower value, I actually think that he would be a good trade because think about it right now with Fitzpatrick out, they're going to have to rechange their offense instead of going downfield with speed. They're going to have to go for the running game and short down the middle passes. And so for me, if, if I can potentially get Gibson for a little bit cheaper and get a couple, give him, give out another player. I might actually really look at it, but I actually have high hopes for Gibson and Logan Thomas. I'm a little worried about McLaren, though. I was just going to say that, Tommy. If you want to trade Gibson, I'm I'm open. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, as you see these games, again, especially these first two weeks, you know, if you see a team that gets blown out, like Atlanta for right now, for example, someone's holding on to Kyle Pitts. They're probably worried right now that is a good chance to jump in and be like, yep. hey, you want to trade for Kyle Pitts? Yep. Like just trade on people's nerves. Get someone low that you're still banking on later is going to come out. But Okay, but here's my – okay, going back though, Jed, I, I agree with you, right? But if you're listening to this podcast, don't overreact yeah. because you're going to look at a pitch. You're going to look at a Gibson. You're going to accept some of these trades, and, and then you're going to realize, oh, shoot, what did I did? And so, I mean, you could take advantage of people – but if you're also the person who's new to this, I was like, don't overreact with some of these players. Yeah, don't make any moves your first two weeks. You know, like, like um, remember your first two weeks, it's just a little bit crazy out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third week, you really start seeing consistent trends. Um, so that's that's a thing to look out for. Yeah. I've thrown some offers for Aaron Jones. I will just say that to some people who are desperate. <laughs> right? I mean, like, okay, even like Josh Allen, you know, like you can trade for a Josh Allen right now because some there might be a couple of people out there like, oh, he didn't do too well. I'll give him up. Yeah. Uh, Jed, San Francisco 41 against the Detroit Lions 33. Uh, we talked about it. Raheem Mostert was the one that was injured. But surprisingly, the surprise scratch was Brandon Ayuk was a surprise scratch with Devontae uh, Samuel going out for – 189 yards and one touchdowns thoughts on the San Francisco game yeah I mean Debo Samuel um, awesome you know but again we've we've said this all along that offense can get clicking and so that was a good thing to see um, you know actually the points to put up um, and so Debo Samuel yeah I think he might actually be out there you might be lucky you might be sitting
sitting out there, but Debo and I would expect Brandon Ayuk. It was a um, was it injury related for him to be out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would expect him to come back um, at some point. But again, it's always with both those players. Again, injuries are just something you have to watch out for. But I, I'm high on the 49ers. I think the 49ers could win their division this year. They were killed by injuries last year. Um, so, you know, let's see. With Obviously, Mostert's not a good start, but I think they could come back. The, the big thing here to me in this game, though, was Detroit. Detroit yeah. came back. Do not mm-hmm. they almost won this game. This is not they didn't just get crushed and then get garbage time points. They almost came back. So I was impressed. Um Jared Goff, you know, I actually started to bring them back. If you had DeAndre Swift, he paid out for you, man. Swift had a mm-hmm. great game. So that was what and TJ Hawkinson too. So that was what was surprising to me is how well Detroit played. 338 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Um, the thing that was telling is the receivers. The receivers did not do well, right? Like I was thinking maybe a Tyrell Williams will come out and do well. None of those receivers did well. So what you had was you had Hawkinson, you had Jamal Williams, and you had DeAndre Swift. And I actually can see this being something that they're going to push is just lining up and then going after some of these short passes to those three players. Yeah. And if Jamal Williams is somehow sitting on your waiver wires, make sure it looks like it's going to be even split between Williams and DeAndre Swift, with Swift also getting a lot of carry. I mean, it got a lot of catches out of the backfield this one, too. Well, I mean, were you guys surprised? Williams actually was the starter in this game ahead of DeAndre Swift. Yeah, I didn't see that. That is surprising. Um, but Swift, again, you know, the, the catches out of the backfield is where he makes his money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. in, in most leagues, he should have been up around 20 points. So it was a pretty good day for him. ESPN said that was the one surprising thing is how many passes they threw to him and out of the backfield. And that's, again, something for us to really watch out for. But, yeah, he might actually – I mean, he surprised me. I, I, I was losing some hope on him towards the end of the preseason. Jim Pittsburgh wins against the Buffalo Bills 23-16. The surprising thing is Najee Harris only had 45 yards, no touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And amongst the receiving, it was a spread out between Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and J.J. Smith-Schuster in terms of three, three, four catches. And it was spread out pretty well. And so a lot of times thoughts on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that's this is one of those things where I have to not overreact, Jed, because I picked up Najee Harris um, in a number of these dynasty leagues, and he was my first person when I could have gotten a Kyler Murray or a Josh Allen out there. But I have to remember, this is the first game. Um, he's going to be fine. Um, I wish that he had more of a better production. But I also remember last year, Hilaire came, came out and did pretty well in the first couple games, and he fizzled out, right? So I'm hoping that what you're going to start seeing is Harris eventually become a stud running back, but I'm hopeful for him. Yeah, again, remember, the Bills' defense is really good. So yeah. it's not surprising that all of the Steelers' um, skill players didn't get great points. Um, I, I agree with you. I think it's a good sign that the Steelers pulled it out uh, and actually won the game. So um, that, I think, is more encouraging than anything for Pittsburgh. For Buffalo, you know, I don't know, a little bit of a hangover from their great season last year. Um, but I would expect them to turn it around because I had uh, Stephon Diggs sitting on there. I actually – I was so close to like benching him and I should have, um, but um, yeah, you know, I think the bills will bounce back. Yeah. Stefan Diggs, nine catches, 69 yards. Zach Moss, again, a healthy, I mean, not healthy scratch, but surprise scratch with Devin Singletary at 72 yards as well, too. I uh, still think Zach Moss is going to end up contributing by the end of the season. You know, I was actually surprised that he's going to be a scratch, but I, I think Zach Moss is somebody for you to at least pay attention to. 
Chad, I, I'm actually going to go with you. Seattle Seahawks, 28-16 against the Indianapolis Colts. Russell Wilson did really well, four touchdowns. The surprising thing, Chris Carson did pretty well. The surprising thing is Tyler Lockett and DJ, DK Metcalf, you, you're going to constantly see this back and forth all the time where Metcalf has these blow-up games, but he only had 60 yards with one touchdowns, but it was Lockett with 100 yards with two touchdowns. Yeah, I wouldn't be worried about that at all. Mm. If and if you would know Seattle, you should yeah. not be surprised. First half of the season, they go nuts airing the ball out. And so Russell Wilson, if you watched highlights from this game, long bomb from the from the goal line after goal line. That's all he was doing. Um, and, and Lockett is perfect for that. But I still think Metcalf was not featured, still produced for you. Got a touchdown, got 60 yards. To me, I still think he's the wide receiver to own over the two of those. If you have a Lockett and you want to trade him while he's high, someone wants yeah. him, you could make yeah. some money off of that. To me, long-term, DK Metcalf is the guy to own. This game for me um, was not unexpected out of Seattle about the production that I expected. I think the concern is the Colts side. I was surprised that the Colts didn't get better production and weren't more in this game, mm -hmm. um, especially being at home. And so that to me was a little concerning. Michael Pittman didn't do anything. You know, like I actually thought he would at least turn in a pretty decent outing, but he did not do anything for me. I will say that Naheem Hines, who I talked about all preseason, he had a decent outing. He had, I think, 11, 12 points uh, because he was catching a lot out of the backfield, which is exactly what we said would give. Just like DeAndre Swift, you know, these backs that can catch out of the backfield, especially if you're in a PPR league or even in a half point per league, which a lot of standard leagues now are going to half point mm -hmm. per reception, it just ups their value. And so I think a Naheem Hines, yeah. even though he's the second back, he has value. The other player that came out I was hopeful for, Garrett Everett, the tight end from Seattle. He, I mean, he only had 20 yards catching, but he got a touchdown. And so for somebody who's like low on your tight end and, and you don't have anybody, he's, he's out there, he might be worth a tight end pickup uh, this week. And just correction on that is Gerald Everett, who originally came from oh, yeah. L.A., and then from that point on, uh, is now in the system in which former uh, like co coach is one is the offensive corner for the Seattle Seahawks as well too. For Indianapolis, Joshua Josh Taylor, uh, Jonathan Taylor had 17 rushing for 56 yards. He has six catches for 60 yards. But then look at Zach Pascal with 43 yards, but two touchdowns as well too. Carson Wentz has not really played with this team. He had COVID, then he was injured, and let's see what happens in the next two weeks. Yeah, agree. All right, uh, Jim, let's go with Minnesota uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals in overtime in which the Cincinnati Bengals wins 27-24. to The The big star of the game was actually Joe Burrow came back from his knee injury to throw for two touchdowns, and Joe Mixon, who had a disappointing year, had 127 yards. Jamar mm -hmm. Chase, who everyone criticized, had 101 yards. Yeah, in a dynasty league where I had to pick up five players, I did not keep Joe Mixon. And I'm rethinking that strategy now because I went for all the receivers and left Joe Mixon off the, the the my lineup. He actually had a good game. I am pleased with Jamar Chase. I picked him up in middle of a number of these drafts, thinking that he might be a worth you know an okay pickup. He's actually I might consider playing him this week in an, as as my wide receiver one because I think he showed he's going to be a pretty decent fantasy player this year. Yeah, yeah this was an impressive win for me. Um, for Cincinnati, I again, I was worried about Joe Burrows, but he looked great. I watched this game. Um, it was yeah. a great game. He showed good poise. I agree. Mixon looked really, really good. But again, Mixon, you just gotta, you gotta, 
you gotta just wait and see because what ends up happening is Cincinnati ends up having to be behind and throwing well. And so what happened was their defense really stepped up. The Cincinnati defense, they invested a lot in it. So if they're in a lot closer games, that's to Joe Mixon's favor. So he could have a really good year this year. Mm -hmm. I think on the Vikings side, um, I was just disappointed. I felt like the passing game was really not clicking. And this has been always my biggest concern with the Vikings. You can count on Dalvin Cook. You can count on the running game. But Kirk Cousins is just he's just he's too streaky. He's just not consistent enough. So, so mm -hmm. I was disappointed to not see the Vikings pull this one out. Yeah. And we've talked about it all summer as well, too. Justin Jefferson is your number one wide receiver. It now frees up Adam Thielen, and he had it in nine catches, 92 yards, and two touchdowns, and he did pretty well as well, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Jaguars uh, loses to, surprisingly, the Houston Texans, 21-37. to 37. Brandon Cook did really, really well. Jim, thoughts on that? And Mark Ingram seems like the mm -hmm. running back that emerges of that product backfield. Look, I know no one picked up Mark Ingram because I see him in all the waiver wires. He's somebody to look at. Um, now, am I confident that Houston is going to continue winning games? I'm pretty sure I'm not. But at least for number for the first game, Brandon Cooks, Tyrod Taylor, as well as also uh, Mark Ingram did decent. If you need a running back, he's actually somebody decent that you want to pick up. I'm also hopeful because Trevor Lawrence had a really good game. Um, I think he had, what, 20, 28, 29 fantasy points in some of these leagues. Um, so I, I, I don't know if there's anybody else I would really want to play, but Trevor Lawrence is somebody to pay attention to on the Jaguars. Yeah, I was I I was counting on the Jaguars to win this game. So yeah. I think I everyone counted this. <laughs> yeah, everyone counted on the Texans to just, you know, shut the season down with the mess with Deshaun Watson. But Tyrod Taylor really showed, you know, he's he's in the league for a reason. I agree with you. I think depend matchup dependent is where you can pick up some of these guys and get points off the Houston Texans. Mm -hmm. um, and I agree. I think Brandon Cooks is probably the number one guy to own there. I think the running backs, it's tricky. Yeah, maybe a Mark Ingram. Um, I was surprised David Johnson. I picked him up in a couple of leagues. I was surprised he didn't get more um, attempts. So, um, But just, just again, this is to me one of those where – Okay, they scored 37 points. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Houston doesn't score 37 points again for the rest of the season. I mean, the hard part with uh, Mark Ingram, right? I can see him doing pretty good, but you've got a couple other running backs behind you. And Mark Ingram is old. And so I, I don't see this production moving forward. And so if you have a white waiver wire and you're trying to consider, should I pick up a Mark Ingram? I would not pick him up as your number one pickup for this week. I, there are other better players out there. Yeah, the other yeah. thing I'll mention on the Jack side is I was disappointed in James Robinson. I had him penciled in as a starter. Yeah. Um, he actually had uh, half the carries of Carlos Hyde. And so I think that was concerning to me that, um, you know, they're not featuring the guy. So we'll just have to see again. Maybe that was part of game flow and the fact that they got behind early. And yeah. so then they had to abandon the running game. But I'll be watching that one closely because I was yeah. I was counting on James Robinson. Yes, and that's a great point because watch week two because if they continue to do that, then be concerned. But maybe they were down so much they just had to start airing out the ball, and that might yeah. be it as well. Too. Well, I, I don't Ur know him, but Urban Meyer, he seems to me like he's a pretty arrogant coach. And so a lot of people are saying that he's going to be like another Nick Saban, right? He, he thinks he can come into the league. He thinks he can do all of these different things and win games. But what he's realized is this is a different ball game, right? And so unless he goes back to a consistent Trevor Lawrence,
Lawrence, James Robinson, um, Marvin Jones, DJ Chark, instead of trying to find different ways to win, he might keep losing some of these games like he did to Houston. Arizona Cardinals, Jim, 38 uh, against the Tennessee Titans, 13. Kyler Murray was a star of the show, but at the same time, we expect it from De- DeAndre Hopkins. Christian Kirk did really, really well. Mm-hmm. 70 yards, two touchdowns, and there seems to be a split between uh, Chase Edmonds as well as James Conner. Yeah, he's a stud. I mean, I think I think everyone kind of knew Kyler Murray was going to have a pretty good year. I think what people were really trying to figure out is who's going to end up being the number one running back. And at least based off of game one, you realize there most likely will be a split between Connors as well as Chase Edmonds. I think on the other side, the Titans, the Titans are the one that maybe worries me, right? If I had Ryan Tannehill, I want to start looking at game two. Are they going to be able to bounce back from a fantasy production and do better? Because I think I was watching social media and all all the Titan friends, all my Titan friends are saying, I can't believe we waited all season for this, you know, because they have lots of potential. They got Julio Jones, they got A.J. Brown. They got Derrick Henry. And you would think that Tannehill would have had a better fantasy production. But going into the second quarter, or I mean, he could threw one touchdown towards the end of the second quarter. But really up until then, he didn't do anything. Yeah, this was disappointing. Again, though, I think the Titans historically are a slow starting team, especially mm-hmm. Derrick Henry. You feel like the first half of the season is when um, you don't get as great a production out of him. So I'm not totally surprised, but I agree with you. I have I have Tannehill starting in one league, and so you definitely it's something you need to watch because if he's yeah. not going to pick up the pace, um, you're going to have to replace him. And Tom, my advice: don't trade Murray. Like he's going to be a stud this year. There's there's no value in picking anybody out but trading Murray. <laughs> yeah. With that said, don't underestimate the importance of Arthur Smith, who is their offensive co- coordinator, who went over to Atlanta. Now, with that said, Julio Jones, are any of you guys starting him in week two? You know, who are they playing? Uh, that, you know what? I don't Let's know. See. Yeah. As you're looking, here's my thing, right? Again, there are some good players out there who didn't do too well or who did so well that you can either trade for him or trade him, that person to somebody else. Yeah. They play Jones. Yeah. Julio Jones is somebody I actually would consider going after with a trade. Cause I actually think you can get some good value if you traded um, somebody for him right now. Yeah, yeah. That should be a shootout of a game next week with the um, Seahawks. So I would expect the Titans to have to air it out, which mm-hmm. means that Julio should be in the mix. So I wouldn't have a problem yeah. starting Julio next week. Chad, uh, Miami Dolphins wins against the New England Patriots 17 to 16. And for that game, look, Miles Gaskin did okay. Devontae Parker seemed to be started to show. Jalen Waddle got 61 yards, one touchdown. And also on the New England side, Matt Jones did decently well 281 yards one touchdown but the star of the game seems to be Aguilar as well as Damian Harris yeah I was gonna say Damian Harris that's someone that we all talked about I drafted him actually started him in one team um and so it it, it played out I mean it's kind of predictable with the Patriots they're not gonna depend too much on Mac Jones and so the running game is gonna be really key and so it was good to see Damian Harris get the vast majority of the carries and to be able to hit 100 yards disappointing they didn't win the game but again I think this is gonna be an up and down year for New England and New England if you if you know this division they have such a hard time with Miami. In fact, I think Brady 
on New England, only beat the Dolphins once, I want to say, like had a winning record against the Dolphins in a season. Um, so the Dolphins always play uh, New England really tough, and so I wasn't surprised there. The only thing I was thinking about is um, Jacoby Myers. I actually thought would be a better pickup and do better. But um, thus far in game one, he didn't do too well. Um, but I actually am hopeful for him because he, if if he can, if he does end up playing and plays well and lives up to his potential, that's a good 11 to 12 points in your fantasy that you can count on. Yep. Jim, let's go over to Denver. Broncos against the New York Giants. Broncos win 27 to 13 on that one. Mm -hmm. Bridgewater did decently well. Melvin Gordon actually had 101 yards. We talked about Jerry Judy and on the Giants. Look, Saquon Barkley did nothing. And as we expected, Kenny Galladay did nothing as well, too. Yeah. Watch. This is this is my bet. You're going to start seeing a couple people start dropping Jamal Williams in Denver. And this is where I'm going to start monitoring. Uh, the running back from yeah, Denver. the running back Denver Jamal. Williams. Yeah, Jamal Williams. I actually think that there are some people out there who's not paying attention, and they're going to drop him, and that's where I'm going to scoop him up because yeah, Gordon did well, um, and I think he'll do he'll be fine in the next couple of games. But I do think Williams is going to be the future of this running back to this position. That's a really good um, suggestion, uh, Jimmy. I really like that because if you look at the carries, the attempts, mm -hmm. um, Jamal Williams had 14, to Melvin Gordon had 11. So you get one of the things to look at for, the, for those of you who are new always look at carries and attempts. So attempted passes and attempted carries, because that tells you what the team wants to do, mm -hmm. even if the production doesn't follow. And so this shows you that they're saying, we want Jamal Williams to actually do better than Gordon in the end. And so to Jimmy's point, this is a good time to strike early. The targets and the attempts, like you're right. And people are like we keep saying people are going to make emotional decisions they're going to look at melvin gordon they're going to see that he rushed for 100 something yards they're going to drop williams and go after somebody like a mark ingram and this is where you can go and pick him up and he might potentially win your fantasy just a quick quick clarification jamal williams is actually with detroit javante williams is with the denver broncos oh, so javante, 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 javante williams yeah. All right, uh, Green Bay, surprisingly, Jed, loses to the New Orleans Saints. The star of the game was not Aaron Rodgers, but more so Jameis Winston, who threw for, who, man, threw for five touchdowns, but only 148 yards. Yeah, I watched this game, and there was definitely something wrong <laughs> with the Packers. Um, they could not get going. Um, and you know what? The Saints got to give the Saints defense some credit. The Saints defense was uh, – the the coverage was especially tight on the back end. So I think that's kind of what really won the game for them. But on the New Orleans Saints side, again, as I said, you got to feel really good about Jameis Winston. Um, I said this all along. If you remember the guy's production in Tampa, he had some – really stellar years just through way too many interceptions if they keep that down that offense can really this could be the next new you know this could be an easy transition from drew Brees um for the saints yeah hey jed we didn't watch the game but i look at jordan love had seven um seven attempts did they just replace him toward the end um, yeah, yeah. It's towards the end of the game. They just got him in. Um, and, you know, I actually didn't watch the very last quarter. So I don't know if um, he, you know, came in just for garbage time. Um, but Rodgers looked, 
you know, it was interesting. He just, you could tell he was just frustrated, but they were not clicking. Like they were, there were a couple missed, um, you know, missed routes. Um, but the defense, again, the coverage was really, really tight. And I felt like Rodgers didn't have the time he normally had. They also really abandoned the running game. Aaron Jones um, did not get many yeah. attempts and they didn't yeah. establish the run early. And so then after that, it was kind of downhill. Jim Cleveland loses to the Kansas City Chiefs 29 to 33 or Kansas City won 33 to 29. The, for me, look, we Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. I actually was more frustrated on the Cleveland side. Odell Beckham was a scratch right, right at yeah. the last minute. And I actually him? had him on my starting lineup. Yeah, I had him on my starting lineup. So I wanted to pick up Jarvis Landry, who's on the waiver wire in several leagues, and start him because it, I knew if you had been paying attention, you guys weren't here, so you didn't hear. It, there was a lot of signs that OBJ was not going to play. And yeah. so really? that okay. instantly pushed Landry up to the number one receiver, and you knew yeah. this was going to be a lot of points. Is he, I, is, I didn't have is, the guts to do this it. This is injury serious. Is he going to play uh, game two? Um, I did, That I don't know. Um, but it was clear to me going in that he wasn't going to be available for game mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Um, Chiefs are the Chiefs. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna do well. I, I am surprised how well Tyreek Hill did, <laughs> but it just shows that he might continue what he did last year as well too. But Travis Kelsey, like he is always he is always Mister Consistency for me. I always end up regretting that I did not go harder after Travis Kelsey. Yeah, the only problem is Clyde Edwards Hilaire, fourteen rushes, forty three yards. Only three catches for twenty nine yards. He just does not seem to do well. He just is a disappointment all the time. You know, I don't. I don't blame him. I mean, to me, this is like the Cardinals too. Like the Cardinals backfield and the um, Kansas City backfield, you just can't expect huge production because they're passing teams. You know, like that's where the production is going to be is in the passing game. And so, I don't necessarily blame Hilaire. I think he's he's doing what he can in the offense he's given. Mm -hmm. Yep. Couple more before we wrap up. Rams wins against our Chicago Bears, thirty-four to fourteen. Matthew Stafford did awesome. Justin Fields will continue to be clamor for it to replace Andy Dalton. Jim, uh, Jed, thoughts on the Bears against the Rams? ESPN, ESPN put Justin Fields as one of the top pickups for this week. And I actually really agree. And the other thing I told you uh, was watch out for Cooper Cup. And Cooper Cup was the best wide receiver on that field. And I actually think that he's actually going to have a great season. The other player to really watch that's the third receiver that they were using, Van Jefferson. He started showing some spark last year. I actually, I'm keeping an eye out on Van Jefferson and seeing what he does in the second game. But he's somebody for me to take a look at. But Cooper Cup, Cooper the Cup, I actually think is going to be your number one receiver out of the Rams. Yeah, I, I don't agree. Um, I still think you don't uh, like Cooper Cup. Well. Cup. No, I mean, I think Cooper Cup is going to be – I think he's going to be a good, productive player. I think he can have yeah. him on a team. I don't think he's going to be number one. I still yeah. think – You still think Robert Woods will come out? I still think Robert Woods. The main reason is, to me, the big thing that came out of this game is Matthew Stafford's arm is fine. He was mm -hmm. throwing long bombs. There was discussion that maybe his arm was getting tired. He was, they were going to go to maybe the short game. They totally did not. They were airing it out. There were big fireworks. This reminds me of uh, Joe Burrow as well, where all the preseason reports – this is why you got to be careful when you read the preseason stuff because a lot of it, the team is just hiding what they're going to do. Matthew Stafford is going to be a stud. If you yeah. got him, he has a chance to be top five in the quarterbacks. Uh, this team looks really, really good. On the flip side for the Bears, 
Justin Fields actually played, guys. He got in, he scored a touchdown mm -hmm. right from the goal line package. That was really good to see. I agree. I've got Fields sitting on one of my benches. Um, he's he's definitely gonna be there. It's it might happen. I was saying hopefully game four, game five. Game four, yeah. It might it might happen sooner than that, but he still looks good. Yeah, I mean, we're all Chicago Bears fans. There is no way Nagy is gonna be able to keep Fields off from playing. If they stink it up next week. He's going to come in and game in the third game. The other thing I'll say, Montgomery looked awesome. Mm -hmm. Montgomery looked so, so good. If you drafted Montgomery, it might have been outside of the top 10. He looked like a top 10 back. And this was against the Rams defense. So I was very impressed with that. Um, if anyone is not high on Montgomery right now, trade for him because he looked great. And just so you know, a lot of times there was some concern also with Sony Michelle uh, taking some carries. Daryl Henderson got 16 carries for 70 yards. And so a lot of times with Sony Michelle only getting one as well, too. Yeah. Uh, okay. Can Jim, I, I, I know, know you, you have. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Can I just say during this conversation um, in one of my leagues, someone dropped Cam Akers in a dynasty league. And I was like, what are they doing? So I just quickly placed a claim, claim for him because I was like, look. Not, I mean, and that's the thing. People are going to react this year, and they're going to keep dropping certain players. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not picking Cam Akers up for this year, but next year I'll pick him up and I'll stash him on my IR. So, sorry. Look, one thing I will say, Jay, you will always know with Jimmy, he will wake up at three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, just so he could be the first person picking up scrambling, grabbing players. <laughs> smart. Three o'clock. That's my waiver tonight. I'm going to set my alarm clock at three o'clock, and that's when I pick up all my guys. Hey, last one before uh, I know Jimmy has to run. Baltimore loses to the LA uh, Las Vegas Raiders. It was a phenomenal game in overtime. Brian Edwards did so well. Raiders win 33-27. Brian Edwards uh, was a star of the game. Darren Waller was a star of the game. Lamar Jackson did really, really well in terms of running. And Tyson Williams did very well. Mm -hmm. The other person that I was surprised by who did decent was Marquise Brown. 69 yards receiving um, with all of these receivers out for Baltimore. Um, he might actually be somebody you might want to pay attention to. Sammy Watkins is going to do his thing, you know, but at least um, Marquise Brown is the person I'm paying attention to. Yeah, actually, so for me, Watkins was the surprise. I thought he, even though he had fewer catches, he had some of the really key catches to keep them in that game. And they're playing, I think they're playing Kansas City next week. And so mm -hmm. if, if they oh, are, yeah, it's a revenge, a revenge game. game. Yeah, so Watkins, yeah. I think, is yeah. someone you might want to start next week. And Jed, that's going to be the end of Sammy Watkins because that's yeah. what he always does. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, he's not, so I think Marquise Brown long-term is the person to um, own. Although I will say I was really sad about Mark Andrews. This is why yeah. I actually, you guys know I had Mark Andrews in Dynasty League. I dropped him. I just felt like the consistency was not there. And again, this game, again, um, didn't have great production. So a little bit concerned. He dropped a couple of easy balls. I mean, go back to Dallas, so did C.D. Lamb, right? So those are the couple of players that I have on my league. And, and they could have had a great day if they stopped dropping those balls. Yeah, and that is always the concern as well, too, is with Sammy Watkins. That's why people aren't excited about him. He'll probably have a couple of great games, and next thing you know, he gets injured and he disappears. That's Sammy Watkins. All right. Hey, I know we all have to run and get to our real day jobs, so we'll probably come back on Friday and preview week two. And so, well, we'll talk Thursday or Friday. Either one of those days, we'll come back on and we'll preview week two. All right. Sounds Any great. thoughts? No. All right. Pretty good. Uh, waiver wire starts uh, Wednesday, so get up early and make sure you put in some good player claims.
Talk soon, everyone.